It's quite a month we're in the midst of. It's Pride Month, of course, and we're coming up on Juneteenth, or Freedom Day, which we will continue to commemorate throughout the week. There's also a lot going on in the world, a lot of change, and a lot of uncertainty. And that means it's most definitely time for some radical self-care. And that's why I'm popping into your feed with a replay episode with the twins Sasha and Sable Boykin, Mapping Radical Self-Care. I loved this three-way combo and especially appreciated how Sasha and Sable talked into the meaning of the word radical. It means roots or rooted. So during this month and beyond, of course, I ask where you can find your most radical form of self-care as a means to addressing your root causes, as well as the root causes of those you serve. Listen in, get inspired, and hey, take care. Hello. This is Sasha. And this is Sable. And And today, today we'll be mapping radical self-care on the 15-Minute Matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Sasha and Sable Boykin. Sasha and Sable are multidisciplinary artists and healers born and raised in New York City. They are identical twin sisters with a bold presence. Together, they founded Vegan Lit, their wellness community, which uplifts, educates, and activates people into remembering their potent healing power. Centered around a plant-based lifestyle and daily rituals, their mission is to help more people access everyday healing. The twins really just make you feel like you're part of their family, having fun, growing, and being lit from within, which I think you're going to experience for yourself. Sasha Sable, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. I love that harmony. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking today about radical self-care. And I want to ask each of you, either individually or collectively, can you define what you mean by radical self-care? So radical self-care to us truly means opening up the conversation back to self, connecting with nature, with our surroundings, with each other, through our relationship with self. We definitely and truly believe that when we are nurturing ourselves, we're nurturing those around us, our environment, our community. It's definitely something that overflows, but it must start within just because we can only love and care for people 
and the capacity that we can do it for ourselves. So truly understanding that and Mm -hmm. being able to identify and observe what we truly need and what we desire and to really support ourselves and our overall well-being. That's true self-care. Yeah, I love how you talked about how we have to do it for ourselves in order to really do it for others and for the world around us, whether that's the nature around us in our gardens or in our national parks or whatever it is what we're giving back to, but also the people in our lives. I think this gets lost for a lot of those in the healing professions that we have a tendency to overgive while we're not giving back to ourselves. And the way you described it really comes back to why this is a radical act because we're taking care of ourselves in order to do our taking care of others better. Yes, absolutely. And the thing that makes it so radical, the reason we love using that terminology is because radical, that word comes from rooted and it just means grounded in your being. And for us, I really think it's having no recipe, actually having no, you know, this is the proper way to do it. And coming from our own story of growing up in New York, growing up in different worlds, in a sense, there is no recipe. We've discovered we've had to use different forms, different modalities, different practices, rituals, all to contribute to us becoming stronger, you know, more confident and really just being our greatest selves. So it's just this creativity, I think, that is involved in radical self-care, being creative, improvising. Absolutely. um, And just, you know, finding that kind of autonomy or I guess maybe even sovereignty to just be appreciative and accepting of what you have and being able to utilize whatever it is that you have at any given time. Right. That's definitely radical in a, in a day like today where, you know, just growing up in a capitalist, imperialist society, we're constantly being told that we need this product to better our lives or we need to do this, we need to be doing that. Someone else always has the answer. You know, you turn on your TV and they tell us, what we need. They tell you what you need. They tell Mm -hmm. you what you're doing wrong. They tell you what's going on in your body. Exactly. So it makes people kind of distance themselves from who they Mm -hmm. truly are. And I think it's definitely going against self that is so normalized where being intuitive and communicating with your body with self is the most radical thing that you could actually do today. I love this. It's so on topic because it is radical to tune into, as you said, that sovereignty to kind of calm the noise and tune inward. I always talk about it as searching for the next pill protocol or practitioner instead of looking which answers we actually have inside of us. I also don't know that many of us are that in tune with what our body needs so that the enticement of the capitalist, imperialist, loudest voice in the room really does dominate our self-thinking and our sense of self, whether that's about our bodies or about how we feel or think or what we're supposed to do. So I love that you brought this concept of radical self-care back to the agency to tune into ourselves and 
work with healing modalities or practices that resonate, if I got that right. Absolutely. Correct. (laughs) So when we think about the things that keep us from this kind of practice or life, which is a practice, right? I think about it for myself and I think about it, you know, I've worked with thousands of clients, course participants. I've worked with thousands of other practitioners over the years and everybody's so different. Like one of the opportunities I've had in that is that I get to recognize like everybody's different. And for me to be the best teacher, the best educator, the best supporter, I have to tune into that difference instead of bypassing it. But one of the things that's always curious to me is why and when people don't want to do this. And I think we can identify, as you said, all the noise and the capitalist culture. What else keeps us from wanting this opportunity for radical self-care? It's definitely many things that tie into societal, like, you know, what we're socialized to do, what we learn. But a lot of it, as a New Yorker, I know this fast pace sometimes has me confused that I should be somewhere that I'm not, or I should be further than where I am, or we have this idea to get the end result quickly. And I know that that could roll over into diet culture, that could roll over into financial themes, relationships, things like that, that we should already be there. We should already have it. And it's this avoidance or I think dissatisfaction with our present circumstance rather than accepting it. So I think like the lack of accepting or honoring our growth, you know, we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, even wellness in the wellness world. You know, I'm guilty of doing it myself, of thinking that I am not as good as someone else or I'm not as educated or, you know, it's just these stories that we attach ourselves to or the stories we learn that we continue to keep. So when we think about this idea and and what I hear you saying is so much of what I know I've experienced and I know so many others that I work with experience where there's that compare and despair. I mean, the wellness industry is hugely responsible for so much the quote-unquote wellness industry. And I think there's a backlash right now to aspects of it. And I'm always trying to weigh out, wait, where's the good? Where's the bad? How do we put the filter in place to get what we need without it taking control of our minds and our bodies, right? So I'm always thinking like, how do we do that? And I know we don't want to be prescriptive because this is about each of us taking our own agency, but are you both able to share what you do to create these filters for yourself that allow you to come into your place of sovereignty and radical self-care? I want to say this to be vulnerable so people understand that, you know, radical self-care isn't putting on a face mask or drinking a juice because we both promote, you know, healthy eating and plant-based lifestyles and things like that. But we both believe that it's really using what you have in any given moment. And this can apply to any time, any place. So a lot of us, we might feel that we want to operate out of this ideal wellness persona that we are saying our affirmations that we meditate every single day. We do yoga every single day. 
But what about the times when we're feeling really stressed or we're dealing with loss or we're dealing with, you know, trauma, things that are popping up randomly? What if we're traveling, we're getting sick, we miss an opportunity, things that really challenge us in an unpredictable type of way. And I think those are the times that radical care is so important to know that it's not, oh, you have your yoga mat today. No, I don't have my yoga mat. I'm somewhere over here. You know what I mean? It's accessing air, (laughs) accessing breath, putting a blessing on my glass of water, being grateful on a fundamental level and on a foundational level. So my idea of radical care is going back to the word radical, going back to rooted and rooting myself in nature. And again, if I don't have access to a beautiful beach or a mountain, it's touching water, touching my own heart and, you know, tuning into my own breath and tuning into actually being here. And we believe in love over everything. So just appreciation for the present moment, that's the gateway for me. So a lot of times Sable and I, we have plenty of suggestions, but for those people who might say, you know, I'm sick, I'm in pain, I don't have the community around me, or, you know, I don't have the access to, to even Whole Foods or things that I know that I can be guilty of taking for granted. It's like, okay, what do we have access to now? Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's letting go of a certain conversation with people, distancing ourselves from people, setting boundaries. It's really kind of like Malcolm X says, by any means necessary. You know, how can I take care of myself in this moment at all costs? Yeah, it's so important what you're talking about. I've just been nodding my head because this is the conversation for me that's about the radical self-care. It's not about the juicing or the yoga or the meditation or the getting on a beach or doing it all right. For me, the radical self-care is really going back to the access that that individual has. And for me, one of the things that I've been working on really stretching myself into is thinking into areas where people don't have access to the supplements, the blah, 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 whether they're imprisoned or in a war state or in a body that feels really discordant to them for some reason or another. Like, How can we bring certain practices forward and stretch our thinking about what self-care is? Because I think we have a lot of to-dos that we put on ourselves under that notion. And I want to scrap all those and come back to what I like to think of as our mediators or our non-negotiables and identify for you, Sasha, for you, Sable, for me, Andrea, what are my non-negotiables and what do I have access to in this moment to tap into that which is within me. And, you know, it makes me think about people who have survived horrific situations, which could be us here today for various reasons. But, you know, you look at Holocaust survivors and what they were able to achieve, whether it's Viktor Frankl or Feldenkrais, you know, where there was little access and still some ability to thrive in constrained circumstances, there's something really radical to that for me, where it's deep within. I don't know if that makes sense. It 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 sure does. does It really does. And I'm glad you said that too, because 
that's something that we like to talk about on Vegan Lit and to our community. We like to ask questions. I think it's a matter of finding who we truly are outside of this society. Because the second you travel and you go somewhere else, it doesn't matter who you are when you're home. It doesn't matter who thinks highly of you there. All that matters is what you're doing, how you're surviving and how you're maneuvering in these new spaces. And I think it's finding out who we are no matter where we are. You know, I think it's a matter of why we want to do it and what's important. And then also asking, you know, the question all the way down into, well, if that's true, then what's so bad about that? If you feel that you have these limits, is that completely true? And if you do, what's so bad about it? So it's like when you answer these questions for yourself and then you continuously ask these questions until you get to the bottom of it or, you know, one of the root causes of it. I think it allows you to see who you really are and what that person really needs. Mm-hmm. And kind of check our biases, right? Like we can see like, why is that important to me? And if I say it is important to me, can I accept that as just a truth about me? Or is there more to ponder? And that kind of leads me to my final question. You know, since I'm speaking to two of you and you're twins, you kind of, I'm assuming, not, not being a twin, that you have built-in community, which is also a part of not just radical self-care, but the radical self-care conversation, which I think keeps us in that dialogue. I know you don't have any other experience other than being a twin, but can you speak to community with each other and outside and how that kind of fosters the development of radical self-care? That's a great question. It's a great question. And thinking about it and really thinking like, okay, so how does that tie into our experience and why this is our message? And it's really an honor to really think about the story. Um, Something I think you might have said, Andrea, in one of your podcasts was accepting your history. And we were like, wow, that's just so beautiful because there's so many things that we think we know, right? But then when you hear it again, you're like, wow, that hit different. So when we were speaking about accepting our history, I think Sable and I, we grew up with a very beautiful, multifaceted situations that right, and we, multicultural, too. multicultural, we are constantly shape-shifting, code-switching, encountering things that really challenged us. And if it wasn't for Sable, if it wasn't for having a twin, I probably could say, I'm not even sure if I would even be here because the way we came onto this earth together, that fortified my idea that I'm not alone. And it really makes me understand how fortunate I am to have this partner, to have someone to bounce ideas off of. But again, with access, some people don't have that community. They don't have someone they can, you know, say, I want to change. I want to be this new person. We have to go inside most of the time. So being able to bounce these ideas off of someone else and, you know, be vulnerable with your past experiences traumas, challenges, it allows us to work them out. And it allows us to see each other and say, look, I'm so proud of you. You're still here. And we're actually able to, with our relationship, train each other to extend that love out into the world. So really I'm honored because we're reflections of each other, truly. 
spiritually and physically in a sense. But being a twin has really made me understand that we are reflections of each other. When I shine, I'm able to let others shine. When I heal, I'm able to help others heal. So Sable helps me to push further, to move forward, to not identify with my past, not think that I am only as great as what I have done. I think having a twin helps me to learn faster, helps me to remember. And it's almost like having my spirit talking to me when I forget. Oh, that's so beautiful. I have chills just listening. And I was thinking as you were talking earlier that you sound older than you are. I'm like, okay, it took me like 55 years to get to some of these thoughts. And (laughs) you're obviously much younger, but I feel like you have the wisdom of the two of you being able to explore these concepts together. And, you know, we can't all be twins, but we can all hear the message of having the mirror and the reflection and the ability to tap into another who mirrors back to us our beauty, our integrity, our wisdom, our shine. And I want to give you two the last word, but I just have to say, I feel like it's been radical self-care just to have this conversation. Like I can feel the expansiveness within my body. Yes. That's beautiful. That's what community is. It is. And one thing I wanted to add about being a twin, this relationship has been so transformative in every single way because we grew up as best friends. We grew up extremely close. And there are so many things that we kind of took for granted that each other knows or, you know, because we're so close or because we're so similar, we forget about the little differences that do take work to communicate. So, you know, I have a partner that is my accountability partner, but she also can be someone who gives me grace and shows me how to be graceful to myself when I can't show myself the grace that I need. Or if I'm punishing myself for making a mistake, Sasha shows me how to be gentle and forgive so that I can treat myself better so that I can treat her better and so that I can treat, you know, the people around us better. So, you know, it's not just about holding each other accountable and keeping each other together, bouncing off ideas, but it's also the nurturing. It's definitely something that has been so helpful. And when Sasha said, you know, she doesn't know she would be here if it wasn't for me, I feel exactly the same way, but that's the energy that we can now, because we've practiced, we know how to extend to our community. And it's something that is so extremely important to us. That's why we like to make everyone feel like they're family because I'm not going to be upset or attack someone for not, you know, following the same lifestyle or what makes sense to me because I know they're not me. So that doesn't make sense to me just in, you know, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. I don't think that there's a certain way that everyone should be operating or even, you know, hundreds of ways. I think there should be billions of ways and we just want to communicate. Radical. And radical. Exactly. And radical. That is the most beautiful part. It's radical. Yeah, it's radical. It's rooted, as you said. It's grounded. There's no recipe. And I just really appreciate this conversation and the ability to dive in deeply with both of you. Thank you so much for joining me today. What a pleasure. It was our pleasure and honor. 
The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.